0: so glad that you're here today welcome you to destiny thank you for being in the house for worship always means so much to us today we're going to conclude this series we've been in for a while now called faith walk have you have you grown from this series anybody grown from this series? let me hear you there this has been a really challenging series as we're learning from some of the great heroes of faith how to walk it out I don't want you just to have faith on Sunday. I want you to have a faith that goes on Monday and Tuesday as well, Thursday and Friday. I want you to have a faith for every day of the week, not just a Sunday type of faith. I want you to grow a faith that allows you to walk out on Tuesday with just as much faith as you have on Sunday morning. I want you to grow this faith walk. Today, as we finish this up, we spent most of our time in Hebrews chapter 11, talking about all these great heroes of faith The Bible mentions all these great heroes of faith, and what's so amazing about it is all these heroes of faith had major flaws and and disappointments in their life, made some huge character mistakes in their life, but the Bible doesn't focus on those mistakes. It focuses on their faith. It's because of their faith that they made the Hall of Fame of faith. Because of their faith, we're still talking about them and learning from them today. The Bible celebrates our faith. It doesn't celebrate our failures. And so you need to get that out of your mind today. God wants you to quit celebrating your failures and start celebrating your faith and what Jesus did for you on the cross. Today, we're going to go to Hebrews 12. Kind of wraps up all this Hebrews 11 and tells us how to summarize what we just read all through this series on Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded in the grandstands by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the people we just talked about, these Hall of Famers, they're watching us now in the grandstands. They're watching us live out our life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, our champion. He's the champion, the author, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured. The cross, disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Today, we're talking about Jesus as the ultimate hero. He becomes the last person in this hall of fame of faith, and rightly so. He's above all the rest of them. He's not included in chapter 11. He gets his own chapter in chapter 12 because he is our hero. Jesus is the author of our faith. He's the one why we have faith. Without him, there is no faith. So the author paints this picture of this great grandstand of faith. All these heroes we've been talking about, they're sitting on the grandstands watching us in our life. All of them, and they're cheering us on in our race. They're cheering our race on. What you got to understand is they've ran their race. And they use faith, so they ran it well. And they're cheering to us, and now they've passed the baton to us, and we are taking the baton, and we're running the race now, and it's up to us to run it well, this faith race we're in, this faith walk we're in. The baton is passed to you. They're watching you. They're applauding you. They're cheering you on you got to understand this. Jesus redefined the way we see hero. Up until Jesus, heroes were seen as great conquerors, those who were great champion warriors. But Jesus came and says, he who is greatest is least. Let the most powerful be the most servant of you all. He came back and says, no greater love than those who lay down their life for their friends. No greater love in a man than this. We we see this play out. Jesus redefined what a hero looks like. Now we understand a hero is someone who gives their life for others. That's how we define real heroes. Those who go into burning buildings. Those who put their life on the line for our safety. Those who stand in, in the place of danger so that we can be safe. We understand them people as heroes now. Because Jesus redefined what it meant to be a hero. Lay down your life. Serve one another. Put others first before you. Jesus taught us how to run our race well. And he tells us how to run our race. And I want you to write this down. How do we run our race? Number one, we got to drop the weight. Drop the weight. I'm not talking about a diet, even though that never hurts. Drop the weight. Ever notice that when you're scared and you gotta run away, what happens? If you're scared and you run away, what happens? Do you hang on to everything? No. You drop what you have and you run fast. When we get scared, we don't think of anything. We don't think of anything. We like pushing old ladies out of the way and trying to get out of there. Dropping weights, trying to over people. We run scared, not even thinking right. And the first thing you do is you drop what you have and you run when you're scared. You don't hang on to heavy things when you're running scared. Why? Because we run faster when we are lighter. We run longer when we are lighter. That's the what we see happening in our race. The lighter we are, the faster we run. Hebrews 12.1 says it like this. We just read it. Let's go back to it again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by all these big crowds of witnesses to the life of faith, let us what? Strip off. Strip off every weight that slows us down. If you want to run fast, strip off the weight. If you want to run long, strip off the weight. Some weights we carry are crazy. We're carrying crazy weights, slowing us down for no reason. We, We get up every morning and we take weights we were never meant to carry and we put them on our back. And we grab weights that we were never meant to carry. We carry bags we were never meant to carry. God never intended for us to run our race carrying these baggage that he died on the cross to set us free from. But yet we get up, nobody gives them to us. No one's making us carry these bags, but we get up voluntary and we pick up all the heavy things. I'm going to pick up this toxic relationship again. Yeah, why? Well, nobody else is going to love me. So I guess I'll just hang on to this toxic relationship. Well, they're my personal, they're my good friends. I don't want to let them go. But every time I'm around them, I end up slipping away and doing things I know they are not healthy for my life. But they've been, I've been friends a long time, Pastor. I can't just cut them out of my life. I refuse, they've been my friends for a long time. So I refuse to let go of this toxic relationship. Why are we running slow? I don't know. You tell me. How about ambition? Some of us got ambition. Nothing wrong with having hard work ethic. God applauds hard work ethic. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. The Bible talks about the reward of hard work. We, we all need to learn what it means to work hard if you, if you can physically able work. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we take from hard work to all we do is drive and drive and drive and drive trying to prove that I'm better than what someone said I would be. I'm better than the father who abandoned me. I'm better than the criticism this person gave me. I'm better than what my ex said I would be. And so we let this ambition take us and drive us to the point where we can't focus on anything else other than our own selfish ambition of trying to prove everybody else wrong. I'm trying to prove all the haters in my life wrong. And so we got this, this drive inside of us that they're carrying around with us. How about guilt and shame? How many of us get up and carry guilt? Well, man, I blew it a lot in my life. And I know Jesus forgave us, Pastor. But mine, whoo, is bigger than everybody else's. I've blown it really big. Can I just give you a secret today? We've all blown it really big. There's not a person sitting in this room that hasn't blown it very big. Except for my wife, of course. True story. I met my wife. I'm like, listen, honey, I love you. We're going to date, but you're going to loosen up a little bit and have some fun. This is too much for me, all right? I'm not all together yet, okay? So we're going to have to meet in the middle here. You're going to have to give a little bit. You're going to have to have a little fun. True story. But when I get sidetracked on her, I don't know why you guys don't have us. But seriously, we tend to grab Weight of guilt in our life. God, I, I messed up so much and carried this guilt around. Well, how about the shame? I know I'm forgiving, but man, people still see me as the person who did this, and so I carry the shame about it. I know I'm forgiven, but I carry the shame and the stigmatism with me, Pastor. What are you carrying in your life? Psalms 51 7 8 says it like this purify me from my sins and I will be clean wash me I'll be whiter than snow oh give me back my joy again you have broken me now let me rejoice he says I want my joy back I want my joy back don't let your past mistakes past guilt steal your joy It's stealing the joy from your race because you're walking around like this saying, I'm tired. I want to give up. Uh, Because you were never made to walk through life like this. I hate walking through the airport like this. Honey, you got to learn to pack lighter. I finally got her where she could pack it all in one little small suitcase. And we check in online. And we go straight through security. And we get our bags off the plane right away. And we saving 30 minutes a trip now. I am so excited. It's only taken me 30 years to teach her how to do this. Why? Because when you travel lighter, you can go faster. Never meant to do vacation like this. And this is just the luck she would take on vacation. Not including mine. True story. We are called to run the race. Some of us carrying around regret. Man, I should have done things differently. I I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids when I had a chance. I I wish I would have done better in my first marriage. I I wish I would have served God stronger when I was younger. I I wish I hadn't worked so many hours. I wish I hadn't made that stupid mistake. I mean. I get up every day with all this regret, guilt, shame, regret. Top it off, some of us get up and we pick up unforgiveness. Well, they hurt me, and they hurt me. And I walk my life in all this hurt. No, they hurt me. I can't let this go. They don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve forgiveness. So I'm not letting it go. But I don't understand why I'm so tired all the time. I don't understand why I have no spiritual endurance. I don't understand why my my race is so slow. Could it be you're carrying things you were never designed to carry? See, forgiving people doesn't say you deserve forgiveness. Forgiving people says, God, you forgave me When I didn't deserve it. So I'm going to take the people who hurt me. I'm going to place them in your hands. And let you deal with them. I'm not going to be a prisoner to that any longer. They've held me back way too long. They've slowed me down way too long. So I'm releasing them to you. And I'm going to run my race now free. Because you've healed me. You've forgiven me. And God you will deal with them. However you seem necessary. That sets me free how can you forgive today who are you not forgiving today and then you got to learn to run with endurance run with endurance look what Hebrews 12 ones go back to again and let us now run with come on let's say it together run with endurance the race God has set before us God wants you to run with endurance. Why would he be telling them to run with endurance? Because people were giving up. That's why this message was necessary. When Paul wrote this message, he was saying, listen, some of you are giving up. Don't give up. Run with endurance. The reason he said this is because people were stopping. They were hanging on to religious traditions. This is too hard. My family doesn't like what I'm doing. I'm getting religious persecution. I'm not, I thought I was gonna be blessed and now I'm getting persecuted. People stop and getting too hard, hanging on to religious things in their life, hanging on to hurt and guilt. Now quitting is stop giving up. Run with endurance. Run, stop giving up. Can I get that to you today? Stop giving up every time life gets hard. Stop giving up every time life throws you a curveball. Stop giving up. Run with endurance. You have been given the spirit of of endurance inside of you. You have a different stuff inside of you. You're not made just like anybody. You are a king's kid today and you've been given a spirit of an overcomer. Why would he give you a spirit of overcoming? Because he expects us to overcome some things in our life. He doesn't want you tied down to this. He wants you to overcome this and run your race. Not drag your stuff along as long as I can. I'm so tired. Could it be? You're hanging on to things you're never designed to hang on to. It will wear you out mentally, physically, spiritually. Jesus said to us in Matthew 13, he says, listen, let the Root of the word grow deep roots in your life. The seed of the word grow deep roots in your life. So when the hard times come, you don't get blown over and you don't quit. He will say, grow some roots in your life. Quit getting blown over every time life gets hard. He never promised us that life wouldn't be hard. He never promised us our race wouldn't be a challenge. He never promised us there wouldn't be hard, difficult seasons in our life. But he did promise us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the end, and my strength will be with you. My spirit will be with you. The power of God is inside of you, and you've been given the spirit of endurance inside of you. Don't quit when things get hard. It's there when things grow in my life. A life following Jesus requires endurance. Romans 5, 3, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know they help us develop what? Endurance. If I'm going to build muscle, it takes resistance to build muscle in my life. If I'm going to go lift, I got to have weights that create a endurance. I got to do a push-up that creates endurance. I got to squat, things that create endurance. Why? Because resistance builds strength and muscle in my life. I'm not going to build any kind of strength without facing resistance. So when you're facing resistance, don't think God has stopped you or forgotten you. When you face resistance, Thank God, you're building up some spiritual muscles in my life, and you see me a champion already. God's doing something in your life. When things happen to bring resistance, it's God developing us, and he's given us a spirit of endurance. When pressure comes, he's giving us strength. When rain comes, he's growing us. When the heat gets put on, he's purifying us. When criticism comes, he's helping us build endurance. Listen, there's always going to be haters. I don't care what position. And the more you lead, the more people are going to hate on you. If you want to be like, go sell ice cream. If you want to lead and do something, you're going to have haters, Okay? It's just going to happen. It's all right. You can do it with endurance. Why? Because he's given me that spirit. This race is a marathon, not a sprint. Many of us, we want to sprint. He never said this race was a sprint. It's a marathon. It's going to last all my life. I'm in a race. All my life, I'm in this race. If you're breathing, you're still in this race. So buckle up. It's not a sprint, it's an endurance race. That's what the race is It's, it's an endurance race, it's not a speed race. And some of us here, we're really, really competitive. Some of us here we get really competitive. Not to name any names. Johnny. Some of you are really really competitive. Some of you always keep a score. <clears throat> Jana. Some of you are always really really competitive. And what happens is this, we want to run our race based off of you. I'm trying to beat Johnny. I'm trying to beat Jana. I'm trying to be Joe. And we're always trying to run a race off of somebody else. Let me tell you, if you do that, you're going to live your life exhausted. Because somebody's always going to run it faster than you. Somebody's always going to run it better than you. Somebody's always going to get more likes than you. I can post something that's life-changing information that would transform someone's life spiritually and totally around, and I might have 35 people like it. My son could post a video about taking pictures and swaying like this and get 350,000 likes. I'm like, What's going on here? I don't understand this. You're sending people to hell with these pictures. <laughs> I'm over sending people to heaven, son. You're getting 350,000 people likes. I can't run my race compared to him. I can't, you can't run your race compared to me. Understand this. We are running against this. Look at this. right this down. We are racing against ourselves. We're racing against ourselves. That's who I'm racing against. So when you brush your teeth in the mirror tomorrow, look at that person and say, I'm running against you. I'm not running against anybody else today at work, at my school, in my family. I'm running my race against me, And as long as I don't give up. That's the only way I can lose this race is when you give up. The only way to lose this race is to give up. I ain't running no more, I quit. Then you lose. But as long as you stay, it'll make a difference if you're walking your race like this. Just don't give up. Keep going forward. Some of you are going to have some good days, and you're going, to, you're going to run a little faster than others. That's great. Don't give up. It's an endurance thing. And the last thing is this. Fix your eyes on the finish line. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. We do this by keeping what? Our eyes on Jesus. He's the champion. Who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. What's that mean? That means that when I feel like giving up, I remember what Jesus went through. I remember that Jesus bore my shame. I remember that Jesus took my sins and he carried it on his back up Calvary's hill. He took it and allowed himself to be beaten in my place. He allowed the flesh to be ripped off his body for me. And when they mocked him, those, the very ones he was taking their luggage, taking their sin, their guilt, their shame, and he was carrying up the cross. All those he was carrying, they mocked him. Crucify him, crucify him. They spit on him, they mocked him. All those who did this, he did it anyway. And he kept his eyes on the prize. You know what his eyes was? Me and you. He didn't think about his pain. He thought about our gain. He thought about what you and I are going to receive from him doing this. So in spite of all that, he kept his eyes on the prize. His eyes were fixed on us. Father, they they need forgiveness. They're mocking me, but they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. He kept his eyes on us the whole time as he hung upon the cross. He kept his eyes on us. Not on the haters. Not on the mockers. Not on the distractors. He, he kept his eyes on us and allowed him to endure to the very end. Father, I place my spirit into your hands, my will. Yours be done. The reason why he endured is he kept his eyes on me. And now, you and I can lay aside our guilt, our shame, our sin, our unforgiveness, our pride, our arrogance. We can lay it aside. He kept his eyes fixed on me and endured. Now I keep my eyes fixed on him. And this is how I endure. Jesus, your calling is greater than anything else. Jesus, your affirmation is all I need. I don't need the affirmation from all everybody else. You've already affirmed me. My eyes are fixed upon you. Jesus, I, I'm forgiving because you first forgave me. So I'm going to forgive people who don't deserve it because that's the way you've forgiven me. I keeping my eyes locked upon Jesus. I don't give up. I endure. Father, I thank you for your word, which brings life. I thank you for your word, which brings freedom. Real freedom starts in relationship with Jesus. That's where the race starts. You can't even get into the race until you accept Jesus. If you're here today, you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're not going to do anything to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you, I promise you. Nobody's looking at me right now. But if that's you, you say, I'm ready to get into the race. I'm ready to make Jesus my Lord. Can you just raise your hand? Let me see it where you're at this morning. Let me see it. If that's you, thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Thank you. Keep it high where I can see it. I will to make sure they didn't miss anybody. Thank you. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to, if you lift your hands, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you and I'm going to follow you all of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say, welcome to the family, God. Come on, give them a big hand clap.